Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is Dante. And Michelle. And you're tuned into Life Instructions Not Included, a podcast where we try to find all the pieces to make our lives feel a little bit more normal. Coming from different walks of life, we'll try to spark conversation that mentally stimulates us and challenges the way we all think. Today, we'll be talking about... I like that stutter because <laughs> it's like we're getting back into the swing of things. It's been a couple weeks. But yes, today... Today, we'll be talking about how to be a better partner for our partner. And how to unlearn toxic traits that we may carry, right? Yes. Okay. But before we dive in, let's check in with each other because it has been a couple weeks since we last recorded. Because apparently that is our routine and we can't get shit together. So we apologize. We are extremely dysfunctional, but we're trying to get our shit together. Thanks to your unhealthy, weak immune system. Oh my God, the... (laughs) Immune system of a newborn baby, right? I think we mentioned that at least 17 times yeah. so far. Uh, but yeah, so the past couple weeks, I'm what I finally feel good. I've been eating more fruit. Uh, strawberry papaya has been my shit. Okay. Have you had Wait, strawberry? Both together. No, no, no. Strawberry papaya. It's called Yay. a strawberry papaya. No, I've never had. So it's those smaller papayas that are called strawberry <laughs> papayas. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it. They're a little bit more sweet than the... Traditional papaya. Okay. Um, Where do you buy this at? At the store. What store? Just uh, like any grocery yeah, store? Yeah, grocery store. I buy it at Safeway. I, interesting. Yeah. I've never seen. It's pretty bomb. So I've been on top of that. So is it like a half strawberry, half papaya? I wish I can... What? Is it a half <laughs> strawberry, <laughs> no, half no, 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 papaya? No, Trip me out why'd for a you, second. Why well, did you look at me like... You said it's called a strawberry papaya. So what am I supposed to think? <laughs> so I thought of like a papaya with strawberry seeds... Yeah, on the that's outside. kind of what I'm imagining. I'm imagining like a bigger melon. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know that I know what papaya looks like. And Oh, no, just kidding, I do. Think she about, is from Hawaii, you guys. Think about the size of an Asian pear. Okay. Um, yep. So it's just like that. When you cut through it, it's extremely soft like a yellow mango. Okay. But it has the texture of a honeydew. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. It's, it's bomb. It's pretty bomb. I think I'm describing it correctly. But here, let me pull up a picture real quick. Strawberry papaya. I want to set the mood right for you guys. Interesting. You never seen that before? No. I've seen. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have. So it's just a smaller version of a regular papaya, but uh-huh. it's like greenish yellow. You know, I just don't think I knew it was called a strawberry papaya, but my mom has definitely served me that. Yeah, these are super bomb. But I mean, I've been on top of my fruit shit, working out more. Still taking back on my grind. Still taking women's vitamins. <laughs> so, apparently I'm still learning how to read. I was at Target, I think, and I grabbed some multivitamins. I'm like, let me get healthy again, man. And then I, I swapped it. I'm like eating them. I'm like, these taste a little, a little different. Like, something's off about it. And I look at the bottle. I'm like, oh, shit. It's women's central. <laughs> so, did you, are you still taking them? Because I gave them to you. I'm taking them. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely taking them. Every day since you've given it to me, nice. you know, nice. my nails are feeling a little stronger. That's what's up. Um, I, I don't know what I can say about my hair or anything else, <laughs> but thank you for the vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, it feels good to be back to normal again. I think this is the longest that I've been healthy in about a year because COVID really fucked me up. And, I mean, everybody knows by now I have a really, really poor immune system, but, I mean, hey, I'm Feeling good. Sun's out. It's been 90 degrees here in Seattle. Yeah, it's been really nice. Can't complain. It's crazy. It's yeah. like we're probably, what, on day five, six of like 80 degree weather? Yeah. In May? Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. 
Take advantage of it because it's dropping back down to 70s. I love it. I told my husband yesterday, I was like, ooh, it's going to be 66 <laughs> come Sunday. And he was like, excuse me? 66. I was like, yep, I'll take that. Oh, fuck <laughs> that. I, this morning when I left the house, it was 65 degrees and I was shivering. It was, uh, yeah, it was kind of cold. It was cold as fuck, yeah. I'm good. How have you been? What's new? I've been really good. It's been a big past couple of weeks, I would say. Like, we celebrated... Cameron's sixth birthday. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I have a six-year-old now. Um, my husband and I celebrated our seven-year wedding anniversary. Thank you. And uh, just a lot of birthdays and then Mother's Day the other day, which was really good. Yes. Yes. So, Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Was it good? You guys had a barbecue, right? Yeah, we had a barbecue at the back of my parents' house. You know, cousins got together. It's been a while since we've all kind of been together. Mm-hmm. Um, in kind of like we've been together, I feel like in bigger settings with other people, but not just like us. Yeah. So it was good to just catch up with them. Nice. So, yeah. I see, you know, it's weird that we always talk about, oh, like, hey, what have you been up to? What's new? Yeah. Because usually we're talking to each other almost every other day, right? Yeah. But I feel like we haven't talked to each other in maybe a couple weeks. Yeah. Consistently, at least, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been crazy. It's been a busy, <laughs> busy couple weeks. We've been busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we, we're going to come back strong. I, um, you mentioned earlier we want to keep the consistency going. I am going to call out, like, one of our biggest challenges for us in this podcast is not having a dedicated space to record in, right? True. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of uh, paint the picture for you guys right now in our surroundings and where we are at because our audio might sound a little different because uh, we are recording outside today. Yes. And specifically, we're actually recording in Dante's backyard, surrounded by, you guessed it, if you've been listening, by all of his plants that he's been growing. Oh, yeah. We are in a plant forest right now. He gave me a, a tour of his backyard before we started recording today, and I have never heard about anyone talk about growing their garden like you have and the thing is it's like you just keep on going yep and going mm -hmm. like the energizer bunny and i'm just like uh-huh yeah it's cool. exciting man it's crazy <laughs> you know i'm hoping that there's someone out there that's listening to us and understands the difference it makes when you grow your own produce because it's so amazing to just walk out to the front yard pick a fresh tomato grab some fresh herbs dice them up slice them up throw them in an omelet, and you have fresh breakfast made for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have chickens for the eggs, but, you know, I got some friends that got chickens, and, you know, having stuff, what's it called, from farm to table? Yeah. I mean, yeah, grabbing it right out from your front yard is amazing. For sure, for sure. What's your water bill like? I don't, I don't pay that, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. No, it's, I don't know. It is cool, though. I mean, yeah, I'll look forward to the fall time again when I, you know, I feel like that's your season of, like, creating and cooking stuff and then you bring it to recordings yes, and you just taste yeah. test stuff well the yeah. summer's going to be different because i want to have more things here more events but more like, gatherings more gatherings yeah like, i want to get some of the homies together the only problem that i have here is that we can't really kick it late um i don't want to be too noisy because my grandpa's here you know he doesn't like us hanging out really really late being loud because of the neighbors but i do want to have like cookouts here because mm -hmm. everything is going to be freshly picked we just start making shit Crazy. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, think about it. Like, making fresh spaghetti sauce. 
For sure. That, I did that last year. It was pretty bomb. A mixture of all the tomatoes that we had, some fresh oregano, rosemary, fresh thyme. Oh, man. No, it actually sounds like pretty, pretty good. And I wish, I hope for me one day that I will get there when I have my own garden. Yeah. Because, again, I do houseplants, but I don't do gardening. Oh, I suck at houseplants. So. You know that. <laughs> so the pothos that you cut me. Oh, man. It's somewhere. My it's, baby pothos. Where the fuck did it go? It's, it's probably dead. Oh, man. It's probably dead. I don't Never know how to take care of houseplants. Plant again, so. All right, so jumping into today's topic about unlearning and how to be a better partner. You know, you're going to get two different perspectives here, as always, because you've been married your whole life. I've been single my whole life. And, you know, I think it's important that everybody gets a chance to reflect on certain negative traits they may have and how it can negatively impact their relationship. Uh, what's kind of strange is that, maybe not that strange, but um, our most popular episodes seem to be the relationship episodes, right? Mm-hmm. You surrounding know, dating. Sur- yeah. Surrounding dating. And, you know, one of the episodes we put out that was about dating in your 30s, it got a ton of hits because I think that around that demographic it's really tough to get into a serious relationship Mm -hmm. because there are so many things that come into play as far as like traumatic experiences maybe there are certain red flags you see in other people you're not willing to open up to other people or accept other people based on certain things you've seen from your past right Mm -hmm. maybe there's things you want to work on yourself and you feel like you're not ready to be in a relationship or you're just holding yourself back because you think you're going to fail. I mean, I've that heard it. a lot. <laughs> well, it's, it's crazy because I've, I'm thinking of certain people or at least stories that people have told me about other people and why they're not in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And being in your 30s, it is tough because for one, you know, it's quote unquote the time to be working on yourself and getting your shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, you know, I think we both don't don't believe that there's an actual time on when you should be focused on working on yourself, right? That should be mm-hmm. an All everyday thing, yeah. an everyday thing. But, you know, I think the reason why we got the most clicks on that dating in your 30s is because a lot of people do truly feel that if you don't have a relationship in your 30s mm-hmm. or you're not, like, romantically set, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know about you. Like I said, yeah. you've been married your whole life, so. Right, so I don't know how you or others feel But I'd say to my husband all the time, like, can you imagine being single right now and in the dating scene? Because it sounds scary as hell and just hella tricky to navigate. Mm -hmm. And that is not something I envy if you guys are like, just wish I was in, you know, just because I really don't know what I would do. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's scary. (laughs) It's only tough if you make it tough, I guess. Right. And that's Uh with anything in life. I will say one thing that I feel um, with dating lately or surrounding dating or getting into relationships, I think there is a shift changing or happening where before it was like, I want to get in a relationship because I don't want to be alone and I just want to be with someone. But right now I feel like there's a shift in, I need to be a better person like I need to take care of me and be a better version of myself before I can jump into a relationship yeah do you feel that do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. by that where like maybe five or ten years ago it was just like I just want to be in a relationship because I don't want to be alone I've never felt that okay I think that a lot of people would say probably that that's how I seem to come off because before I was always the type to just want to be in a relationship or 
I want to find somebody or be with somebody because they make me better or something. I don't know. Just like in it for the wrong reasons, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And not actually ready to be in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like we have certain ideologies or beliefs about relationships that end up not being true. And this is where I think unlearning comes into play. Mm -hmm. That we have to unlearn a lot of the things that we thought about love to kind of like maybe not make mistakes or go down the wrong path, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's why I think it's important to talk about today. So, yeah, so it looks like we're going to be targeting two different aspects of unlearning, right? We've got the unlearning certain ideals about romantic relationships Mm -hmm. and then also unlearning certain traits that might negatively impact your relationship. Mm -hmm. So where do you think your earliest ideas of a relationship came from? Movies and TV shows. I'm not even going to say, like, really, like, the relationships that were in, like, my real life that I saw, but, like, mostly TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, were to, if I were to watch, like, a rom-com, that is how my views on relationships were shaped, right? And uh, I don't think that's good or healthy because it really does not depict the true story or how love really looks like in real life. Like, now that I have been in a relationship for 20 years, married for seven years. Like, I think I have a pretty good idea. What movies or shows? Like, can you give us some examples? Okay, hold on. <laughs> I don't know why this one came to mind, but I think you know what this movie is. But, like, Serendipity. Out of all movies, that's <laughs> I don't the movie why. that you go with? I don't know why that came to mind. Because I think, okay, so this is my belief about, like, romantic movies in general. Okay, hear me out, hear me out. They're very fantastical okay like based on fan like i've never said that word before but fantastical very they're just like kind of dreamy like oh we met on coincidence and we don't know that this is really going to happen but let's try it out and then oh we end up getting like our fairy tale wedding like it's just very fake and uh, not real why are you even well (laughs) so so that's what you perceived a relationship to be like yeah that thing's just like fell into place and it all you know it oh shit ended up all <laughs> so folks this is exactly what this is exactly what we see when we're like we need to tell these women <laughs> to not envision their romantic relationship based on these movies that they be watching well hey guess kind of joking kind of not <laughs> but hey guess what look at what ended up happening to me what is my love story like i met this guy on the internet mm-hmm. and uh, we started, I, I was in eighth grade. He was a freshman in high school. And also, like, I'm not thinking of, like, I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Like, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. Like, this is not going to turn into anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but, like, look what ended up happening. Okay, so hear me out on this. <laughs> let's, let's give a little bit of backstory on what serendipity is, like the, oh. um, the movie. <laughs> that story is nothing it, like it, serendipity. No, serendipity is no, 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 no. crazy because they didn't he write the number on a dollar bill and yes. then the dollar bill came back to yeah. another store. It's also a glove like, was missing. They yeah. end up in Europe or something. I don't know. I know. Like that's yeah. Okay. You're talking okay, about okay. AIM. Everybody <laughs> met everybody on AIM. Okay, okay. I mean, okay, I'm trying to find like classical love stories when we were growing up. I mm-hmm. think of like Corey and Topanga. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Morris and Kelly. Ah, uh, that was toxic. <laughs> Sure. That's one relationship I did not agree with. Like, oh, really? it, it was just too much, man. It was weird because uh, Corey and Topanga, that's Boy Meets World. For yeah. those of you that weren't born in the 1900s, 
That's a sh- yeah. I know. Someone said that to me the other <laughs> day. I was like, "Hold the fuck up." We sound like historical. I know. Figures. I know. I know. They were born in two thousand. Like you were just a year afterwards. A year after, like the century was done. Well, and I sorry. I heard one thing the other day that was like people born in two thousand seven are like almost twenty years old. They're just like years away from twenty years old. I'm like, excuse me. Oh my fucking god! Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> oh, that's <Anyways>. strange. <laughs> But yeah, so according to Bega, that's Boy Meets World, yeah. uh, Zach and Kelly, Kelly, that's from Saved by the Bell. So th- the reason why to me that was toxic was because they would break up. They're on and off, right? And then there was a lot of like testosterone <laughs> in that show mm-hmm. and male competition to, to get mm-hmm. Kelly. And then she's dating this other guy to make this guy to make him jealous. Zach is trying to bring in other girls to make her jealous. Mm-hmm. And it's like according to Bega didn't do that. You know, I mean, there's probably one episode, but I felt like Saved by the Bell was based yeah. on that, where they were constantly trying to make people jealous. Yeah. And that is, oh, that was just way too much. She was fine, though. <laughs> she was she was fine. That was my first TV show crush. Kelly? Yeah. Interesting. But, okay, so I will say, like, serendipity is not a good example of how love is portrayed. But, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, a lot of it is not real they're very unrealistic none of it is i know but the thing is when people watch things in movies hold on when people watch things in movies they start to believe that kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. when these ideas get put into mainstream people start thinking about them and then they kind of go off on them oh yeah and so we get these one unrealistic expectations of love or relationships how relationships should play out or whatever and it's just, like, not a good basis to begin with. For sure. There is one movie that does keep it real. What's that? Someone Great. Ooh. That movie is good. The um, reason why I like Netflix. it. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, it is on Netflix. So the reason why I like it is because... Uh, spo- spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler alert. Like, they don't get back together. Yeah. And that's, it was really sad. That's usually what the fuck happens. Yeah. Really. And it's crazy because there was a stat that I read, which I think stated that people that get into a relationship uh, before they turn 30, about 90% of those relationships don't last. Mm. It's it's above 80 for sure. It's pretty high. But, you know, in that movie, they started off really young. They met in college. Things were going downhill. She thought she wanted to see more out of her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He was trying and was trying to provide. And turns out that, you know, it wasn't enough for uh, what she wanted. And then the relationship didn't work out. She's trying to find herself um, as a new woman out in New York City. I think they were in New York City. Mm-hmm. And it turned into this whole wild weekend or summer, whatever it was. What movie are you thinking? Someone Great. Okay. This is not how I remember the movie. Yeah, so she she ends up going to like some, some festival. Music festival? Music festival. Okay. She ends up doing drugs. Oh. She, yeah, they were looking for drugs. They are roaming around the city. She gets shit-faced. Um, she dreams about... Finding him again and getting back together, wakes up, they're not together, and she's happy. Long story wow. short. Interesting. Yeah. I would have totally I would have told that movie so differently. What would you have said? I would have said it was about this um, about this woman who got a job offer. I think it was in San Francisco, got okay. the job offer, and she wanted her partner to move with her. And he said no. And he that he wanted to take a break. <laughs> no. He was also working on himself, though. 
Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do. That's why he didn't sure. want to move. That's why he didn't yeah, want to yeah, yeah, move yeah. And I think up the and issue, move his life and move across the country. Yeah, and I think part of the issue was that she was trying to push him to get his shit together and figure it out. Okay. But it was more for her needs rather than mm-hmm. for him to be a better okay. person, right? Okay. I will admit, it's been a while since I mm. watched that movie. It's a pretty damn good movie, though. Yeah. It is really sad, and I will say it, that does give, like, a truer depiction of what a relationship is like in the real, in the real world. Mm-hmm. Because a, a lot of the stuff out there are not like that, you know? Yeah. And it ends up being some, like, fairy tale story. And just something that's actually probably really toxic. They argue, they don't resolve their issues, mm-hmm. but they still end up getting back together, you know? More, most movies? Oh, most movies. I'm like, yo, <laughs> this, they didn't get back like together. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's true, movies. though. I mean, I feel like a lot of people in relationships, they think that they have the best, the other person's best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in reality, they really want to push them for what they see, for what they want. Yeah. Right? For instance, like, let's say... I keep trying to push my future girlfriend to be like, hey, do this, do this. I think you should get this job or try to work harder on this. And I feel like a lot of people that say that actually just want them to work a little bit harder because that's how they want to mold their significant Mm -hmm. other. Not because they think that they have the potential to do it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of people don't have that motivational aspect. They they just have this mold that they want to fit their partner in. Which is not fair and is not good to do. Yeah. If you truly love someone, I feel like you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't try and manipulate it and be looking out for yourself. Mm -hmm. You would just truly, like you said earlier, have their best interest in mind and try to empower them that way instead of like trying to shape or mold them. Yeah. You know, because of your interests. Has there ever been a time where you felt like you were challenging yourself in a relationship or your beliefs in a relationship? Not someone Um, else, you challenging your own beliefs. Me challenging myself, yeah. So there was like a point in my relationship where I thought, you know, we've been together for so long. Sorry, this is like Jurassic Park back here because we got like birds flying everywhere. (laughs) Butterflies. Yeah, butterflies. I got attacked by a pigeon the other week, so I'm kind of like, I'm on the lookout. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. The outside elements. Yeah. I'm like watching out for bees out here. Okay, it's not that bad, but um, there are some stuff yeah. out here. Okay, so anyways, as I was saying, there. Okay, so there was a point in my relationship where we had been together for so long already, right? Again, years, and I'm talking about like a couple of decades. And at that point, you think like you know each other so well that if I get upset or pissed or just just say upset in any way then I'm going to expect that he knows how to help me feel better or know the right things to do to make the situation better, right? And if he wasn't, what do you call it, like fulfilling that, I would take that badly and just be like, damn, he doesn't care, which is not the right thing to do. Thinking, oh, just because we've been together for this long means that he should know what to do in every instance, Like, that was on me, and that was wrong of me to be thinking that way. Because, as I stated several episodes ago, like, we are not the same people that we were in the beginning of our relationship or in the middle of our relationship, you know? 
we are different people at this point. Mm-hmm. And so we're still like kind of having to learn each other along the way. Um, so that's something that I had to, to kind of step back and be like, okay, he can't read my mind and I can't expect him to know how to, how to react in every situation to make me feel better. Yeah, that's almost how we set ourselves up for failure, right? Yeah. If we set up expectations for anything in life, you know, if anything goes wrong, for the most part, you know, we're... We get upset. Yeah, we get upset. And really, we only have us to blame yeah. because we had that expectation. Exactly. What about your beliefs, ideologies, expectations surrounding, like, relationships and love? Where did they come from for you? And most of mine have come from family. So, unfortunately, it's usually gender stereotypes, right? Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. You that's know, a huge one. And we'll touch on that, like, on another episode. But I think that it's pretty big within the Asian community that gender stereotypes still do exist. And mm-hmm. it's more accepted. One stereotype that I'm sure that most people are, are familiar with would be women taking care of their men. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know how it is for other cultures, but I feel like within the Asian culture, it's more prominent that women are supposed to be the ones that take care of the household, do the cleaning, the cooking, uh, making sure that their husband is happy Mm -hmm. um, or their significant other is happy. And, you know, growing up, my mom really made it known that a woman should be doing certain things for their significant other, for their husband. Mm-hmm. And so going into relationships throughout high school, a little bit after high school, that's kind of the standard that I held where, you know, I expected women to do certain things or be a certain way. Uh, but I want to say after college, like I just didn't believe in that anymore. I realized a lot of women don't cook and that is okay. <laughs> Was it just um, like your real life experiences that helped you realize that? Not necessarily real life experiences, more so that it, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Because I personally don't think it's their job to be making sure that I'm happy mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm satisfied or, like, my needs are met, right? And I think that when it comes to relationships, it is a two-way street. There's going to be compromise all the time. And it took a while for me to realize, like, Dante, you do need to compromise with mm-hmm. a lot of things. You can't always have your way mm-hmm. with everything, right? And, again, like, it wasn't realistic, you know? Again, something so simple as far as cooking. Not everybody cooks. Mm-hmm. So like, I can't be coming home expecting a full-cooked meal every single time. I can't expect every woman to be as caring as I would want them to be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to brag a little bit and uh, about my husband. I feel like I was very fortunate, and I was not expecting this at all. I feel yeah. like my, my expectations going into the relationship were very low. Mm-hmm. I think most of my expectations were surrounding the gender stereotypical roles that male and females play. Yeah. But um, one thing that I was not expecting, but my husband did this. I would say my husband did this up until the point we had children, mm-hmm. which is what, I think we had children at like year, I don't know, 14, 16, whatever. Um, anyways, he would always open my car door for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was... I thought that was very sweet and nice of him. I never expected it ever. And all the time I would tell him, like, you don't have to. Like, you don't have to open my door. I'm fully capable of opening my own door. And he would respond with, I know I don't have to, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I just thought that was very sweet of him. It doesn't happen a lot. I know, like, people say, like, chivalry is dead. But, yeah, I'd say I got lucky in that arena. I got lucky in dating in general. But, yeah. 
you know, we spent a lot of time talking about our expectations for our significant other. But what were the expectations for ourselves? Like, how did you hold yourself accountable to make sure that you're doing your part in a relationship? Because, after all, this is an episode about unlearning certain things and becoming a better partner, right? I had to do a lot of self-reflection. Like, if we ever got into conflict, just try not to be biased and just kind of, like, look at myself, right? Because, again, when you are in a relationship... I don't think you can, you cannot change the, your partner. I don't think you can force them to be a certain way. And it's not fair for you to expect them to be a certain way, right? You can only really like be working on yourself to be the best version of you for your relationship. So a lot of self-reflection and being vulnerable, like about my thoughts, my feelings. And then the hardest part is like communicating it to my partner, which I don't know why, but communicating has gotten so harder these days. Maybe it's because there's like a lot more happening in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, the dynamic is different, The right? dynamic you know, there. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for because I was like, why is it so hard? Yeah. You I... know, but there's just so much more involved these days with kids, family, yada, yada, whatever that it's just, it's a little trickier. And it's something that we are having, you know, we're kind of learning how to navigate. Mm -hmm. So self-reflection, being vulnerable and open, and then communicating. Because I think in previous episodes, they've talked about how like, how date night or just time alone, quality time together to like discuss these topics is so important. Because it's hard to, like when the kids are around and, and our attention is elsewhere, And we just kind of, like, really need to focus in on each other. I think that's been the scariest thought that I've had for my future. Mm. What's going to happen when I do have kids? Mm -hmm. Because I'm the type of person that thinks anything can be easy in life Uh as long as you plan for it. Um, (laughs) And I know everybody, everybody that's listening on the other end is probably laughing right now, everybody that's a parent. But I do find things to be a lot easier as long as I'm mentally prepared for it. But hearing other parents say, like, oh, fuck, I'm so tired. I just want to go home and do this. We don't really get to do what we used to do before. Mm-hmm. Things aren't the way they used to be. Mm-hmm. How do we show up for each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's just tough for everybody. It is. And when you think about, like, and the, I don't know, there's so much at play, too. You know, it's not just, like, your relationship and your family. There's, like, work, too, and there's just other areas of your life where you want it to be balanced. Yeah. You want to have a balanced life. Right? You want to be putting the same energy and I don't know, all these different areas in your life. It's hard to balance everything. It really is. Yeah. I don't think the boomers understand how exhausting our lives can be <laughs> with everything that's going <laughs> on. It's crazy times right now, if you really think about it. Yeah. Because everything's coming at us at like lightning speed and we're having to adapt, you know, so much more often. Mm-hmm. And just go with it. You know, this this kind of relates, I think. My Nino, my godfather came over the other day, and we were talking about business. So, as you guys know, I'm always talking about plants, the whole plant sale that's right now kind of a side hustle being treated like a business, another business. Mm-hmm. But he comes over, he wants to buy some plants. His son, which is my cousin, owns a detail shop. And my godfather was talking about the detail shop, and he's like, how come people your age want to own a business so bad? And we're just talking about our reasons why we don't want to work 
for someone or work in a corporate system. Mm-hmm. And I think we are that generation that wants to build things from the ground up. And sometimes we get so preoccupied with our careers that it does have a negative impact on our relationship at times. It's been hard for me to find that dynamic when I'm in a relationship or to work through that dynamic because I've had to stop relationships. I've had to stop talking to people, ignore people because I don't want that to interfere with what I've got going on, you know? And trying to have a work-life balance is, I don't know, it's tough. Mm -hmm. You've had to end relationships because you didn't want the relationship to affect what you had going on in your life? I knew that I couldn't devote the amount of time that was necessary for the relationship, so I chose Mm -hmm. not to move any further. Mm -hmm. You know, I state where I'm at Mm -hmm. mentally Mm -hmm. within the relationship or whatever you want to call it, situationship. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. But yeah, so I knew that if I wasn't able to devote enough time based on where I'm at with my career choices, I don't want to devote myself or I don't want to give the impression that I'm willing to devote myself to this person. Yeah. And that's something that I had to unlearn Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I feel like there are a lot of people that are willing to play this game where... They're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can be there for you. I can do X, Y, and Z for you. I can be this type of person for you. When in actuality, that's not the type of person that they are. Mm. You know, I've been with people where they're like, oh, I like to do these type of things. Um, I enjoy spending this time with you. But that's not how, that's not how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not how they really are. You know, it made me think about, like, when someone gets in a relationship... I would say they expect a lot of time from you, and that's something, again, I think that's good that you let them know, like, where you stand and know what you're willing to do for the relationship. I don't know. It was just interesting for me to hear that. But I see what you're saying. Like, you have your own thing going on right now, and I think it's good for you to realize that if you're not ready to get into a relationship, then you're not ready. I don't think a lot of people realize that. They kind of just jump into it. Well, the point that I wanted to make is that It's not necessarily just for me, but looking at the habits that I have and how they can impact others is what's most important. Because yeah, it's important to make sure that I take care of myself, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to hurt anybody while taking care of myself, right? Mm -hmm. So it is important to make sure that you unlearn certain things that can, again, negatively impact someone's life. Does that make sense? It does, and I don't think a lot of people think this way. At least... Because like, Not people that I know or that, you know, talk well, about relationships. Well, I don't it, think they, yeah, I really don't think they think about it this way. Because then again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about how, you know, I've talked to women where they're like, oh, I like to do this. Oh, I'm this type of person. Mm-hmm. A couple months down the road, like, no, you're really not like that mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not. You just try to portray yourself or you try to fit into a mold that you thought that I wanted. Yeah. And, and again, that's another thing I unlearned. You know, I don't want to mold anybody. Mm-hmm. That's how I was before. I was like, I want a girl that's like A, B, C, D. She needs to do all these things, <laughs> check everything off. But Ooh. no, it's not like that anymore. That's a big one. I think that's a huge one that a lot of people should unlearn. <laughs> Having these expectations and I want my future wife or husband to have all these characteristics, you know. Yeah. And look like this, act like this, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think they need to let go of that because they might be looking for something that's not practical yeah, or yeah, realistic yeah. or else you're going to be single for a long time and looking for a long time. There is this video that I watched on TikTok. I don't know what the guy's name is, but he, he has a podcast. And then he brings on a bunch of women. This white dude. He brings on a bunch of women. 
uh, and ask them certain questions or whatever. One of the episodes was about the ideal man for a woman. And you get the stereotypical tall, dark, handsome, over six feet, mm-hmm. makes six figures. And then he broke down everything. And he was like, okay, well, you want this person, this is a certain percentage within mm-hmm. the U.S. population. He only spoke about the U.S. Because okay. many people aren't going to be traveling across the world to find their love, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, this is where the six-foot six foot people stand. This <laughs> is where the over 100K people stand. This is where there's like two other factors in there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you have about a 3% chance of finding the person that uh-huh. fits your mold. Yeah. You're probably not going to find it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The more picky someone is with their partner and their partner's characteristics, the more you minimize your pool and the more restrictions you have, mm-hmm. which, you know, just diminishes your chances. I think you're better off, yeah, just having an open mind and going with the flow. I think being having an open mind is the most important. So as you know already, Love Hard, they might not I like know. that movie. They well, might not know. Well, I'm talking to you, I guess. So. <laughs> oh. There is a quote at the very end that I thought was a great example on how people should move forward with their love lives, if you're planning on dating, right? So the quote is, I've spent my entire life looking for the perfect guy, but there's perfect and there's perfect for me, end quote. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the idea here is to not find the perfect person, right? You're, yeah. you're not constantly searching for perfect because you're never going to find it. Yeah. And you want to be able to find someone that you're willing to spend the rest of your life Yes. And the person that you may think is perfect for you is probably going to be the worst person for you in the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to whack Oh, me no, first. that was a mosquito. So <laughs> we are really, man, we're roughing it today. <laughs> I just see hands flying yeah. left and right. No, but that's totally, totally true. Okay, one thing I want to talk about. Um, Your toad is crazy. Oh. Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah, that's totally, okay. Okay, one thing. <laughs> All right, okay, guys. Sorry. I'm leaving this in. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so one thing I think that we need to unlearn is that showing emotion means you are soft. And yes. I feel like maybe the males can relate to this a lot more because, you know, you guys have a lot of pressure on yourselves to, like, maintain... um, Our masculinity? Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say... That wasn't the word I was looking for, but yes, to to maintain an image. Yeah. That you guys are strong and masculine. We don't break. Yeah, boys don't cry. I cried yesterday. Yada, yada. Right, did you really... I was cutting Is everything onions. everything okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that showing me emotion means you are soft mm-hmm. when uh, in actuality, I think it takes a lot of strength. I said this before. It actually takes a lot of strength to show emotion and be vulnerable. And how this can be detrimental to our relationship is like if you are not able to be open with your partner, be open to tell him or her like how you really feel, what you're thinking, what you're going through, just all that's going on in that brain of yours. What will end up happening is that you actually end up distancing yourself from your partner Mm -hmm. instead of bringing them into your world and then potentially helping you, right? And so it's like, if you are able to be vulnerable, if you are able to share these kind of things, 
what you end up doing with your partner is learning how to coexist with each other because you want the best for your relationship with this person, right? One thing you should point out too is that it's also important to know or at least understand the type of support you're gonna get from your partner. You can voice your feelings as much as you want, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna get the type of support that you expect. And sure. you know, this goes back to the very beginning of the episode where expectations are always gonna kill you. Yeah. You know, it is important to make sure that you clear clearly communicate how you feel with every situation well with most situations that might be bothering you right mm-hmm. or I guess just any situation in general and voice how you want to be supported because if you don't tell someone like if I tell someone you know I had a shitty day this is how I feel about mm-hmm. what happened you know I don't want this to happen how is that other person going to know how they should support me they're mm-hmm. only going to know how they think they should be supported Right, mm-hmm. and that might not be the best fit for me. Sorry, I laugh because that's in our outro. Oh, is Sorry. it? <laughs> might not be the best fit for me. What's right for me might not be right oh, for that, you. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so I, I chuckled. Yeah, yeah but, um, that is true. No, you're totally right. I mean, how many times have I maybe voiced something to my husband? You know that I was just upset at anything. It could have been anything going on in my world, mm-hmm. and he didn't react the way I expected him to, or the way I wanted him to. And because he didn't, I got even more upset, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm able to laugh at it now because, again, that's like that's on me. That's my fault. Yeah. You know, it's the whole I thought he could read my mind, or we've been together for 20 years. He should know how to lift me up. He should know how to make me feel better in any situation, right? Mm-hmm. But again, that is not fair. That is not, that's not practical. Yeah. And so, like, one thing I am learning, I think, is more patience. More patience because, like, when I express something to him, like, I expect an immediate response or an immediate reaction, almost. And, like, my husband's a very chill guy. We just set this straight with my family and cousins over the weekend that he's Dexter, the chillest guy. Blink, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> but, um, no, like, he's a super chill guy, and so he might take his time to respond or react. And while that might make me crazy sometimes, like, I just need to accept that for what it is because that's how he is. Yeah. And I can't rush him, rush him. So that's one thing I'm unlearning. But, you know, how to be a better partner, again, it's not all about you. You really have to take the other person's feelings and feelings and thoughts into consideration. And you want to help them be the best version of yourself, themselves, sorry, but you can't force them. Mm-hmm. One way to approach this whole type of scenario, right, is asking how do they want to be supported or how can they be helped? You know, I've been in situations where I feel like I'm, I need to step in to solve the problem, and no, <laughs> I don't always need to be solving something. Sometimes you just need to listen. Sometimes you need to ask them, like, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's the hardest part, because a lot of people don't, or I think in romantic relationships, both partners want to be able to be the support that they feel like is needed in the relationship. They don't want to fail, right, because mm-hmm. then you look like a bad partner. But sometimes you you got to understand you're still a student in this game, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got to allow someone else to teach you the way or show you the way. And that's like a 
a common theme we are having across our episodes, almost, like, asking the other person, how do you want to receive it? How yeah. can I help you? How can I be there for you? Mm-hmm. Which, if you haven't listened to our episode before this, we talked about how to be a better friend and how to show up, how to show up for our friends, mm-hmm. asking them, how can we help you instead of offering our unsolicited advice? Because they might not even want it. Same goes for relationships and partners. Yeah. Hey, weren't you talking about something before we recorded today about showing emotions and being soft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The TikTok thing episode. It's not like... TikTok episode. So I want to call it an episode because it's a series. And they keep adding to this list. Oh, okay. So it's... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, hell no. Is that a spider? No, it's not a spider. Hey, we're good, man. I'm not scared of spiders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit, that was scary. No, so, anyways. Um, okay, so there's a so TikTok. So there's a TikTok series. There's actually a What's couple. What's the series called? So I don't know what it's called, but they take these videos and they stitch them. I think it's called stitch when you, like, you have the first portion of an, ori- yeah, of an original video. So they stitch them. So it's a video of women saying things about men and what they should, what they shouldn't be doing. Right, and anytime a man does this, he's considered to be feminine. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole list of things that men can't do, mm-hmm. which is like express their emotions, mm-hmm. cooking dinner, men making, can't cook dinner, making their room makes them feminine, cleaning up their areas, Wait, cleaning the room. That's that I'm was like the freaking list. out at this list because this list sounds wild. It's, yeah, I'm sure it's all a joke, but it's it's just funny because there are people that think that where. If you have these certain traits, like, you're less masculine, you know? Shit. I mean, aren't those some traits that women want in their partners? Shit, I don't fucking know. TikTok's confusing shit. Yeah, that sounds wild to me. Because, like, when I hear those traits, it's like, shoot, I want my husband to mm-hmm. embody those kind of traits and characteristics. Yeah. I don't mind at all, you know? I also don't think he's soft or weak or feminine for having those traits. That's crazy. I think that's why it's so important to talk about, you know, not just men being open and vulnerable and talking about their feelings more because that's totally natural and it's actually really healthy. If you don't, I think that's detrimental to your health and yourself and your relationship with others, right? Which is why, like, one of the hopes with this podcast is to kind of just normalize that. What did I say the other day? I was like, hey, we should get a uh, a guest speaker with Marshall from Love is Blind. No, that's probably the last person I would want to go for. <laughs> Why? Well, it's reality TV. So? It's fake. You think that's fake? You think Love is Blind and the characters and <laughs> the characters are fake? Stop. I'm about to... Stop. No, seriously. Stop. And the reason why, I mean, no, I'm so serious, Dante. I'm so serious. This is horrible. You think it's all fake? Yeah. What do you mean, like scripted? Yeah. It's, it's a reality TV show. But it's not like scripted. They're like emotions <laughs> and like the bromance he has with Brett. It's, you don't think that's real? No. You're lying. I'm taking off my sunglasses. Go ahead, continue. I'll let you... <laughs> I'll let Damn. you continue. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I might just hit up Marshall. And, uh... <laughs> hey, 
I might have to ask him to be a guest speaker hey, on the pod, uh, and he can. Just over override my approval. Go ahead, do whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> we could do like a behind the scenes. Love is blind. What oh, really goes down yeah. in the pods? But anyway, so I mean, okay, so I bring that up because. In Love is Blind, and if you have seen season three, this is like during the weddings at the end. And this has never happened before, but another Love is Blind contestant went to the wedding. And it just showed how strong their friendship was and their bond. And they're exchanging some really positive like thoughts and messages with each other. And it just highlighted their relationship, their quote-unquote bromance, if you will, and how like... It, how they were able to be vulnerable and open with each other about their feelings. And I thought that like, I thought that was so strong and like could speak volumes to people that if that was portrayed, especially amongst black males where it's not typically shown that it could show people like it is totally fine to be vulnerable and show emotion, you know, cause there's nothing wrong with it. So anyways, that's where I was kind of how I brought it up with like showing emotion it makes you soft like <laughs> I don't think it's hey hey send him a request see what we got to do to get him on the show we'll... <laughs> yes <laughs> he's local it might happen no, next thing you know I'm gonna give you a call and be like <laughs> guess who we got guess who we got my mic don't work <laughs> <laughs> I got one <laughs> I got one you can show up or not maybe he'll replace you I'm just kidding but yeah what are other things that people should be unlearning in relationships? You got anything else to add? I think one thing would be to not set your expectations based on other people's relationships that aren't on social media or through social media, right? Like based on friends or um, friends of friends or just what so you see out in public, right? So true. Because I think a lot of people try to paint their picture, paint the picture of someone else's relationship based on what they see, mm-hmm. but everything's service level. So you don't yep. really know what's going on behind the scenes, right? Because, man, mm-hmm. I tell you, I have, when I say I've seen some shit, I've seen some shit. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are going to think that, oh, well, they're happy, they're happy, everything's great, everything's amazing. But mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. Comparing and comparison two yeah. very dangerous things. So yeah, just comparing yourself or your relationship or situationship to other people's relationship slash situationship. Yeah. You know, it's important to make sure that you just focus on your shit. Where do you see yourself or where do you see your relationship headed in X many X amount of years, right? And don't let other people influence how you're supposed to be going about your romantic relationships. For sure. I mean, you could be comparing your relationship to another relationship that looks all fine and happy and they look lovey-dovey on social media. But, like, behind closed doors, it could be a different story, right? And if you're comparing your relationship and you're doing fine in your relationship but comparing it to this other one, like, that could be detrimental to your own Mm -hmm. relationship, well, one thing I would one thing another thing I would say is that <laughs> don't think it's okay to do something just because you think other people are doing it. Um, for instance, acting a certain way where where you think that you could treat your significant other this way because other people do this and it's normal. Oh damn! Yeah. Damn, kind of makes me sad that like some people think that way. Well, I'm sure it happens or, a lot more than or like strive most people think, yeah. for that. Yeah, it just it sucks because like I think we are all 
good, like in our own way, right? Like we're all unique. Oh God, I sound so, this is like sounding out like cheesy, but I'm like, we're all unique and like, we should be proud of who we are and like, just be you, mm -hmm. you know? And like the right people, like you'll attract the right people, but it's so true. Like, I don't think you have to act like anybody else or yeah. like front and be someone else to try and get someone's attention or be more likable mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, those are some those are some good ones. So what do you think are some steps that couples can take to make sure that they're moving moving in the right path for their own relationship goals? I'll go first. I'll say step one would be to sit down and actually have an open dialogue about where do you think your relationship is at currently. How well are you guys doing? What are some things you can improve on? Where do you guys want to be by the end of the year? Maybe by next year? Um, to let go of all expectations. And if you really have interest in this person or if you really want to see this relationship go somewhere, that you would let go of all expectations and just let things be and go with the flow. And that if you really wanted to make the relationship work, like you are going to try your best to make it work by being your best version of yourself and not try to like force them to be a certain way. Yeah. And so my OCD, uh, with my OCD, I like to close things off with a three-step count with everything. So the third step in this situation, I would suggest that Always remember what your why is, like what's your purpose within this relationship. If you guys don't have a why or a purpose for being together, hmm. maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> but I'm hoping that you guys have a purpose or a why. And once you find that, you know, it makes it, it, makes it easier to make these changes in your relationship for the better. You think a relationship needs a why? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, how many people do you think stick in a stay in a relationship just to stay there? I mean, we've talked about the sunk cost fallacy before, right, in one yeah. of the episodes mm -hmm. where people stay in because they feel like they devoted so much time mm -hmm. within the relationship. I mean, is that your why? There, there's always going to be a why. It mm -hmm. just matters what it is, mm -hmm. you know? And so... I guess I just never thought about it like that. Like, we are together and what is our why? Mm -hmm. Other, you know... Rather than, like, I think, like, I think we are good together and complement each other and can co coexist well mm -hmm. or something. And it, I guess it's weird if I put it that way. So it could be something as simple as sitting down, having an open conversation about how do you guys complement each other? Mm. How can we complement each other? Mm -hmm. What are some ways I can show up better for you? Mm -hmm. You know, how can you show up better for me? Mm -hmm. um, where do I want, where do I see us mm -hmm. in the next year or two? Mm -hmm. You know, Ooh. something as simple as that. Yeah. One thing, like when you, as you were saying that, one thing I thought of was just having, having the best interest. You said this earlier, but having the other person's best interest in yeah. mind. I mean, as well as your own, you know, mm -hmm. but... Hopefully they align together, and it's a good match, right? Yeah. How is and this is like a kind of random question. Doesn't really have to do with this topic, but like, how important do you think it is for 
someone in a relationship to maintain their self-identity and still be able to be themselves outside of the relationship. Oh, extremely important. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the whole me versus we concept I was talking to you about. You know, I was telling my roommates back in college, I'm like, man, we should write a fucking book about this. Because the running joke was that one of our roommates, once he got in a relationship, mm-hmm. like, there wasn't really a me versus we. Everything that he did was a we thing. Mm-hmm. And this isn't an issue. Some people are like that. But yeah, you know, I think that it is important to make sure that you can devote some me time. And the only way you can truly grow and develop yourself is by yourself. Yeah. You know? I agree. Because I think it's easy, like, once you get into a relationship, it's so easy to become an item. It's so easy to become a we, right? And we start to lose we start to lose our self-identity, but it's so important to still hold on to that. And it's so important to hold on to that. I think it's about that time to so, <laughs> wrap up okay. this episode. <laughs> Someone has to go home. So on, <laughs> on that note, remember, we all have different journeys in life. What may be right for me might not be right for you and vice versa. We're hoping this episode enlightened you and inspired you to bring up these types of conversation with your community slash significant other. Talk to them now. And hoping you can be a part of our community. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Life I and I Podcast. Yeah, we, you heard that. We changed it. We changed some things. <laughs> also, make sure your notifications are on because we're back on top of our shit. And we're going to be coming with a ton of episodes soon. And new segments to the podcast. Exactly. All right. Catch you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. Bye.